This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson. Bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis. Fatima, a century-old message that says much about today. The 20th century was full of earth-shaking events. The two world wars culminated in the first use of the atomic weapon. Communism rose in Russia and spread its errors all over the world. Dynasties that had ruled their countries for centuries were overthrown. In addition, assassinations, natural disasters, changing standards of behavior, and other massive events punctuate the century. However, the most important event of the 20th century occurred in an out-of-the-way hamlet in Portugal. In the small town of Fatima, the mother of God appeared repeatedly to three children. She told those simple shepherd children many things about the future, revelations that were confirmed by later events. She showed hell to the children so that they could warn the world. She gave the children a simple plan by which humanity could escape the wrath to come. Then, thousands saw a miracle in which Our Lady displayed the awesome power that God gave her by making the sun move. Of course, humanity did not heed her warning. Now, the Return to Order podcast brings you four short essays which lay out a road back to the blessings that Our Lady wanted to give us when she came in 1917. We cannot afford to ignore her warnings again. If we do, the 21st century won't simply be a replay of the 20th. It'll be far worse. The first essay was written by Mr. John Horvat and is entitled, Stunning Link Between Fatima and the 2020 General Election. Among conservatives, the 2020 elections had the best intentions of defending vaguely Christian principles in an aggressive neo-pagan world. Neither side entirely prevailed. Indeed, the nation's county electoral map remains the same vast red rural sea with urban islands of blue that first appeared in the presidential election of 2000. Such has been the course of American politics for a long time. Most Americans see elections as a way that they might continue living as they have always lived. Thus, America keeps producing seesaw elections to the left and the right that end up canceling each other out in a display of frustration and polarization that gradually tends leftward. The election of 2020 was different from past ones. The political process that keeps things the same has broken down. Citizens can no longer agree on even the most basic issues. Living together as a nation is so difficult that it is next to impossible. Thus, the election's message is that Americans can no longer live as they always have. They must change. However, the changes proposed to voters by the left reveal a radical neo-pagan agenda that combats the right's vaguely defended Christian values frontally. Keeping the fight in the political field will only lead to a clash of proposals and ever more intense polarization that will ruin the country. Thus, political shifts back and forth will no longer work. Consider that vast numbers of Americans voted for candidates that support abortion until time of birth, transgender operations for minors, and the legalization of marijuana and even hard drugs. All these measures enter into the mainstream of American life and change it radically, favoring the neo-pagan world the left idolizes. So what happens now? The culture war continues. The battle for hearts and minds continues. 
Good Americans must continue to remind their wayward fellow citizens that America's problem is, above all, a moral one. A profound cultural change is needed if the present crisis is to be resolved. The debate must always be framed in moral terms. People need to take personal responsibility to change their behaviors to reflect Christian norms. Doing so leads to social harmony and virtuous living. Not doing so leads to the hypersexualized, materialistic culture that corrupts all society and destroys the lives of individuals and families. Americans can no longer keep living as they always have because those lives are increasingly sinful and destructive of the common good. Conversion to the Ten Commandments and Christian principles is the only solution. Nothing else can thwart the left's efforts to convert everyone to its socialist tyranny as it has done in every country where it establishes itself. For Catholics, this call to conversion is familiar, as it echoes the 1917 message of Our Lady at Fatima. The Blessed Mother warned mankind of disaster at a time of supreme political strife during World War I. She spoke of the quote-unquote errors of Russia, referring to the same communist menace that now threatens America. However, the Mother of God did not bring a political program. Politics had failed a world at war. Her message asked for prayer, penance, and amendment of life. She told a sinful world that they could no longer live as they always had because God was already greatly offended. She called upon people to change their lives radically. The Blessed Mother also asked for a formal consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. Now America faces the multifaceted crisis of COVID, civil unrest, economic uncertainty, and a radical communist agenda. All these things have political implications that must be addressed. However, the threats are beyond the power of politicians to resolve alone. America must return to God, for whom nothing is impossible. This is the 2020 general election's great lesson. The founder of the international TFP movement, Professor Plenio Correa de Oliveira, was especially devoted to the spreading of the message of Our Lady of Fatima. In 1965, he gave an informal lecture on that subject to Brazilian TFP members. After his death, it was translated into English and published on August 20, 2009, under the title, Fatima and the Necessity of Suffering. Two of the three Fatima seers, Jacinta and Francisco Marto, died young because of the need for victim souls to give necessary fecundity to Our Lady's plan. Their lives were proof that nothing great is done without suffering. Indeed, suffering helps those souls who are absorbed with themselves and unwilling to open up. We should see suffering as normal for man, and we should practice it with courage and daring. The acceptance of sacrifice is necessary to combat the Hollywood myth of the happy end. Jacinta and Francisco died as children by Our Lady's design, as she had foretold. The third seer, Lucia, lived for many more years. What was the reason why Jacinta and Francisco died so early? This was obvious. 
for they spoke openly about it. The reason was that Fatima asked people to offer up their sufferings. It called for victims' souls to associate themselves with the entire mystery of Fatima, and through their sufferings and pains, help bring about all the supernatural fecundity Our Lady wanted to give to the events at Fatima. This is exactly what happened to both children, who died in extraordinarily difficult and arduous circumstances that caused them much suffering. Such sufferings are needed because when it comes to the salvation of souls, all great works of God are done with the participation of men. In general, this is only accomplished with people willing to fight, suffer, and pray for God's work to be brought to its fruition. In other words, sacrifice is necessary. Otherwise, nothing great is done. The importance of this principle stood out especially at Fatima. Our Lady directly intervened there by performing stupendous miracles, especially the miracle of the sun. She did this to underscore the fact that Fatima is one of the most important, if not the most important message she has ever given in history. On that occasion and in those circumstances, Our Lady wanted the sacrifice of two souls who would offer themselves up for the fulfillment of the plan of divine providence. This clearly shows how the apostolate of suffering is truly irreplaceable and how it opens up the way for the Church to act upon souls. A German painter once painted Our Lord as the Good Shepherd knocking on the door of a simple house. Afterwards, someone told him, You made a mistake, for the door has no outside knob to get in. He answered, That's true, but it is not a mistake. The door symbolizes the human heart. Our Lord knocks on it, but there is no knob outside, only inside. There are certain souls that open up only to themselves and to no one else. And in that case, no one can intervene. They are really closed. Unquote. Prayer and sacrifice are precisely the way to influence this type of person. They open up to the grace and find life when they suffer and carry the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ lovingly. They come to understand how normal it is to suffer. A person acquires greatness to the degree that he suffers. The great men in history are those who bear great sufferings for the love of God. Clearly, this includes not only passive suffering like, for example, allowing another to strike us. It also means active suffering, that is, taking the initiative to suffer. This can be done by confronting bad public opinion or overcoming human respect. In short, it means accepting suffering entirely, embracing it fearlessly and daringly, and taking the initiative to look for ways to sacrifice for an ideal. This is what it means to suffer par excellence, and we should seek to do this. The Hollywood myth of the happy end is a great obstacle to accepting suffering and sacrifice. Not all things turn out well in the end as in the movies. Not everything is joy and success. 
Thus, we should not look at suffering as a kind of seven-headed monster that invades people's lives uninvited. To the contrary, we should realize that everyone suffers, and a life without crosses is worthless. St. Louis-Marie Grignon de Montfort goes so far as to say that when a person does not suffer, he should ask for crosses. For a person to whom God gives no sufferings should be wary of his eternal salvation. All this comes across very clearly in the sacrifice made by Jacinta and Francisco. In this sense, we should frequently pray to them to ask Our Lady of Fatima to obtain for us this true sense of suffering that is indispensable for all those faithful who want to become generous and dedicated Catholics. Part of the reason that serious Christians embrace suffering in this life is to escape the far greater sufferings of hell, both for themselves and their loved ones. In the modern world, there are many who say that hell does not exist, or that hell is empty because God in his mercy would not send us there. In reality, God never sends anyone to hell. People choose hell by rejecting God in this life. Our Lady wanted to warn humanity about hell by showing it to the Fatima visionaries on her third visit to them. Antonio A. Borelli describes the existence of hell in his essay, What Our Lady Said About Hell at Fatima, on July 13, 1917, originally published on July 9, 2011. Mr. Marto, father of Jacinta and Francisco, says that when the third apparition began, a little grayish cloud hovered, the sunlight diminished, and a cool breeze blew over the mountain range, even though it was the height of summer. He also heard something that sounded like flies inside an empty jug. The seers saw the customary glare, and immediately afterward they saw Our Lady. Lucia asked, What does your grace wish of me? Our Lady answered, I want you to come here on the 13th of next month and to continue to pray the rosary every day in honor of Our Lady of the Rosary in order to obtain peace for the world and the end of war, for she alone can be of any avail. Lucia responded, I would like to ask you to tell us who you are and to perform a miracle so that everyone will believe that your grace appears to us. Our Lady answered her, Continue to come here every month. In October, I will tell you who I am and what I wish, and I will perform a miracle that everyone shall see so as to believe. Lucia then made a number of requests for conversions, cures, and other graces. Our Lady recommended the constant recitation of the rosary. Thus, they would obtain those graces during the year. Then she went on, quote, Sacrifice yourself for sinners, and say many times, especially when you make some sacrifice, O Jesus, this is for love of Thee, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Unquote. As she said these last words, writes Sister Lucia, she once again opened her hands as she had done in the two previous months. The radiant light which streamed from them seemed to penetrate the earth, and we saw, as it were, a great sea of fire. 
submerged in that fire were demons and souls in human shapes who resembled red-hot black and bronze-colored embers that floated about in the blaze, borne by the flames that issued from them with clouds of smoke, falling everywhere like the showering sparks of great blazes, with neither weight nor equilibrium. Amid shrieks and groans of sorrow and despair that horrified us and made us shudder with fear, the devils stood out like frightful and unknown animals with horrible and disgusting shapes, but transparent like black coals that have become red hot. Unquote. The vision lasted only a moment, during which Lucia let out a gasp. She remarks that if it were not for Our Lady's promise to take them to heaven, the seers would have died of fright and terror. Frightened, and as though pleading for help, the seers raised their eyes to Our Lady, who said with kindness and sadness, You saw hell where the souls of poor sinners go. To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. If what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. Sadly, most people did not listen to Our Lady's warning and there was not peace, nor has there been any real peace since that time. The unrest in major cities during the summer of 2020 are just the most recent consequences of not heeding Our Lady's warning given to us at Fatima. Mr. John Horvath concludes this podcast with his essay written for the 100th anniversary of the Miracle of the Sun, Why the Fatima Chastisement and Triumph Await Us. This year we commemorate the 100th anniversary of the apparitions of Our Lady at Fatima, Portugal. The occasion is a time for reflection upon a world and church in disarray. As a result, many sense that a dark future awaits us. The reason for this foreboding is that the message and requests of Our Lady have mostly gone unheeded. Our Lady warned of dire consequences for the world if men did not repent and stop sinning against God's law. For those unfamiliar with the Fatima apparitions, the account of the event is simple. Our Lady appeared to three shepherd children tending their sheep near the village of Fatima. She asked them to come back for five consecutive months on the 13th day, during which she would reveal to them an urgent message for our times. In the course of the apparitions, she continually asked for prayer, penance, and amendment of life. She predicted future events that would happen should men not convert. She also asked for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart and the practice of the First Saturday Devotion in which the faithful are asked to confess, go to communion, say five decades of the rosary, and keep Our Lady company by meditating for 15 minutes on the mysteries of the rosary on the first Saturday of five consecutive months. On the day of the final apparition, Our Lady worked the most witnessed miracle in modern history as 70,000 people, including anti-Catholic reporters, saw the sun whirl in the sky on that cold and rainy day. In the 100 years since these apparitions, everything has happened exactly as Our Lady said it would. The Fatima record is impressive in predicting both the past as well as the present. However, there are those who say the message is all behind us now. It's over. 
it has been a hundred years, and thus the message is outdated and need no longer be observed. Nothing could be further from the truth. The Fatima message is more urgent than ever. Here is why. Our Lady herself urgently called for conversion of sinners back in 1917. She warned repeatedly that should her request not be heeded and men not convert, the world would suffer a great chastisement, including the annihilation of some nations. Looking at the state of the world 100 years later, no one can affirm that the world has improved. The weakening of faith is evident everywhere. The church is in a shattered state of crisis. Society is coming apart because of abortion, the destruction of marriage, and the collapse of morals. The world is full of social and political crises and military threats ready to explode at any moment. It is obvious that men have not converted. There is no doubt that Our Lady's requests have not been heeded. And given the present state of world affairs, it is unlikely that men will do this in the near future. Therefore, Fatima is more urgent than ever because it foresees a chastisement for a world that has lost all sense of order. The message says what so many avoid saying. The present crisis is a moral crisis and therefore calls for a moral solution. A society without morals sets itself on the road to ruin. Many already sense this. They see the world and its institutions are coming apart. That within the family itself there is much strife and discord. The horrific crimes of terrorism show that no place is safe from the evil in men's hearts. Either we see a change of hearts, or this world is lost. And that is the great beauty of the Fatima message. Fatima is not only a message for those who heeded Our Lady's requests. It speaks to those that did not heed them and then come to repent. Fatima proposes a genuine change of heart. The message asks the faithful to have recourse to the Immaculate Heart of Mary as a means to bring about a grand return to order in times of trial and chastisement. This recourse is the core of the unheeded message. Recourse to the Immaculate Heart of Mary means confiding all our concerns, trials, and problems to her heart. Further, it means making our hearts like her Immaculate Heart. In other words, avoiding all sin and imitating her great virtue. Our Lady told the seers at Fatima that those souls who embrace the devotion to her Immaculate Heart would find in it salvation, a refuge, and that her heart would be, quote, a road that will lead them to God, unquote. That is why Fatima is not over. We are on the cusp of a great chastisement. We need direction and strength. We need hope. And the message has it. Those who confide in the Immaculate Heart of Mary during the coming storm can expect to see the fulfillment of her last prediction. Quote, Finally, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, 
and she will be converted, and a period of grace will be granted to the world. Unquote. In this centennial year, we should resolve to make Fatima our compass. It is not over. The best part, her triumph, is yet to come. This concludes the essay, Why the Fatima Chastisement and Triumph Await Us, and the podcast, Fatima, a century-old message that says much about today. Thank you so much for listening. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. We would also like to recommend the book which spells out the ideological message behind our work. Mr. John Horvat's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website or in a printed and recorded form through our bookstore. Another branch of American TFP, America Needs Fatima, exists to bring the messages of Our Lady of Fatima to a nation that badly needs them. More information can be found at www.americaneedsfatima.org. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask you to subscribe and give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. In that way, you can help Return to Order be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2021 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.